How long is this going to take? You ask yourself. How many days have you been walking now? It feels like forever. And sometimes you wonder if you should just give up and turn back. The dusty road before you has finally begun to show signs of life. As you stroll into what seems to be a moderately sized town, occasional lights from nearby buildings offer you more visibility than the sky's lingering twilight or the first signs of the moon and stars. The dense, tropical brush gives way to dirt driveways, a few small buildings, and what appears to be exactly the thing you were looking for, a travel shelter. Despite the remoteness of this area, a crowd has gathered, buzzing around the entrance in what only barely counts as a lineup, hoping to claim some indoor shelter for the night. You've been on the road for weeks now, making your way from your former home in Colombia up through Panama and hopefully soon through Mexico and into the United States. You've seen several hundred faces and remembered maybe a quarter as many names on your journey. Some of them have been on the long, arduous road since as far back as Venezuela. All of these people have come here in hopes of walking to the United States. Some have lost their homes to hurricanes. Others have been forced to flee threats of violence from gangs or because of various forms of discrimination. None of them have the resources to really make this journey safely. The group you're traveling with has made a stop. There's a mother with a child who needs to change a diaper. She runs off while the other members of your walking caravan try to maneuver around the lineup, hoping for a better chance at being let into the shelter. You resign yourself to just wait at a distance. You know how this goes. Sometimes you get in, but often enough you're only waiting to find out that it's full and you're sleeping outside. It's nothing even close to ideal, but you've done it enough times to know you can manage. In all honesty, the break from moving forward allows you the chance to drift off into thought. The last few weeks have been a dizzying whirlwind of stress, surprises, and high stakes. Your mind can't help but go back to the night that looms over your imagination every day. The night when you first began to doubt whether this gamble you took was worth it. You set down your bag and lay out the worn blanket that has become your makeshift bed. Your eyes close, and you're back there again. Just like tonight, you were lying down on the ground like you have many times before, the relative cool of the night still marked by a thick, ever-present tropical warmth. It was nothing you weren't used to, you grew up in this climate after all. But this was something worse. This was the Darien Gap, 60 miles of roadless jungle between Colombia and Panama. Sweaty days spent in cramped vehicles had given way to countless miles of seemingly endless walking, and you were mentally worn down. With this mix of stress and sweatiness, sleep didn't always come easily, in spite of how tired you were, in spite of how much you needed it. You remember sitting up from the spot where you lay. The handful of people you were traveling with were mostly asleep. You remember standing as quietly as you could manage, rummaging through your bag to find the half-drank water bottle from earlier. You recall the face of another traveler, Rodrigo, you think. He had joined not too long prior, so you weren't sure you remembered his name correctly. He was also awake, carrying the telling posture and bloodshot eyes of someone who just couldn't quite get comfortable on the ground. He waved you over, quietly gesturing at your water bottle, which you passed along without much thought. Everybody needed some, and you weren't going to get enough anyway. The two of you sat there in silence together for a moment. In the midst of the frustration of such a dangerous journey, you remember a moment you felt a surprising... satisfaction? Recognition? You didn't have a word for it at the time, and you still don't. It was the unspoken feeling of simply knowing that you and another person held something in common. That at some level or another, 
you understood each other. It was a brief moment and hardly a real relief from the pressure and danger of migration. But for that instant, you sat there with a traveling companion, feeling understood. You remember the moment you heard rustling in the jungle. And then distant screams and gunshots rang out in the darkness. Your mind reeled with the sudden disorienting chaos. Gasps and screams pierced the night as your own caravan was startled awake. Chaos ensued. Lone travelers ran further into the darkness. Families split, running in haphazard directions. You froze for a moment. The echo of the gunfire reverberated through the jungle around you. It came from nowhere and everywhere at once. The sense of danger engulfed you. You remember someone grabbing you from behind by the collar of your shirt. You would almost swung at them at first, and you might have, if you hadn't heard Rodrigo's voice utter three words. This way. Run. You never saw the attackers. You never even knew for sure if they were after you or some other migrant group, sleeping some distance away in the jungle. In fact, you don't even know what happened to Rodrigo after that night. You just know it was a miracle you got out of there alive. Something snaps you back to the present. Maria, the young mother from your group, is hunched over and tugging at your sleeve. They're letting us into the shelter. They have enough space for us. Come quickly before someone takes your spot. She hurries off, eager to get back to the few new friends she's made along the way. You pick up your bag and blanket and start to head into the facility. The memory lingers in your mind. Another night in a shelter like this is heaven compared to the dangers you've already passed through. There's no guarantee that those threats won't pop up again, but for now, you'll take whatever blessings come. Your haunting, recurring recollection of that night and too many other nights like it remind you of one solid, unmovable, looming fact. You have to keep going. You have to get to the border at any cost. The brutal heat of the days and the constant ache of hunger pains in your stomach urge you to give up and go back, but that memory guards you from diving headfirst back into what you now know is hopeless danger. You have decided, no turning back, no turning back. Working at ADRA Canada means being regularly confronted with stories just like these. Stories of pain, struggle, conflict, and survival. These stories connect us to other people. They connect us to human pain and human need. But very often, those of us who work in the nonprofit world encounter these stories near either their beginning or in the middle, when the resolution hasn't been written yet and when the final result isn't clear. We are often confronted with the reality that the endings of such stories are up to us to decide. Many of the most desperately needy places in the world are so precisely because of interferences and injustices that the world has inflicted on them. We can only hear these kinds of stories, incomplete and unresolved, so many times before we just accept that our fellow human beings they deserve our care, our sympathy, and our efforts to make things right. The narration you just heard was fictional, but the details and circumstances are very real. Taken together as one region, 
Latin America and the Caribbean have the highest rate of migrants per capita in the whole world. Over 18.4 million refugees, asylum seekers, and other displaced or stateless people are represented in the area. For many of these people, fleeing to new places, the deciding factors in their home countries are often issues like inflation, food insecurity, poverty, violence, or other hazards. And as they travel in hope of a better life somewhere else, people living on the move express a strong need for legal assistance, access to clean water, orientation to new social customs and norms, cash, and food assistance. People fear the immediate threat of not having enough food to survive their journey and the eventual possibility of even being deported from their destination country and ending up back at square one. Over 6 million people traveling through this region are from Venezuela, a nation whose economic situation has been severely affected by hyperinflation for a while now. Venezuelans also account for 72% of people who are trying to cross the precarious Darien Gap, putting them disproportionately at risk. This is unfortunately true for quite a number of people from Cuba, Haiti, Ecuador, and Nicaragua. As of September 2022, 86,000 people seeking asylum were reported in Mexico. And within that same year, 830 migrants were reported missing. To help people traveling across this region, ADRA locations known as ADRA Protection Points, or APPs in parts of Mexico, Honduras, and Colombia have been opened. The plan took shape in July of 2022 with funding from ADRA's Inter-America Regional Office, or ADRA-IAD, ADRA International, ADRA Canada, and other local contributors. The work is still in relatively early stages, and both migrants and address staff face increased risks of theft, robbery, violence, sexual assault, human trafficking, and other crimes in some of these vulnerable areas. But we continue on. We continue on because people matter. People matter to us and to God. This story is only one among many that we at ADRA Canada hear about on a nearly daily basis, and we know that these stories are too important to keep to ourselves. You, dear listener, need to know about what is going on in our world and what kinds of tangible steps are being and can be taken to do something about it all. Our hope is that by telling these stories, we can motivate more people to tune in to what's really going on and become involved in spreading the word and contributing toward change. So this podcast is your opportunity to hear, to learn, to share, and to make a choice about how you will be part of our work toward a better and brighter future for this world. I'm your host, Teresa Ferreira, and this is the ADRA Insider Podcast by ADRA Canada. So let's do some housekeeping. The first we need to address is a meta-level question. Is this a new podcast? The tone of this episode, after all, is probably going to come across very much as an introduction, and in many regards, it is. 
But in other ways, this is a reboot. The ADRA Insider podcast has existed in some form for a while, but in the past has been presented in a much more visual format and hosted on YouTube. So while this is the first episode of a new direction for ADRA Insider, we actually consider this to be season six of the podcast. It's basically a soft reboot, but with a new approach, somewhat new set of contributors, a new look, and a renewed focus on podcasting as an audio-centric medium. For those of you who do like our previous, more video-centric material, rest assured, our teammate and longtime podcast producer, Frank Spangler, is still going to be putting out video content to help tell the story of Adra Canada's work around the world and at home. So that element will certainly continue on. But this podcast is going to focus on exactly what it needs to, being a really great podcast. Which, of course, brings us back to the main question. What can you expect from this new but also old program? What will this reboot of Adra Insider bring to you? For starters, we plan on delivering content to you about twice a month in 2023. So about 24 episodes, give or take. And of those 24 episodes, 12 will be focused on the various themes we have assigned to each month of the year for what we are calling the Year of Justice. ADRA Canada's theme for 2023 is creating a just world. And every month we will be exploring a different dimension of what it means to create and stand for justice in a chaotic and dangerous world. The month of January, for example, is all about creating and ensuring economic opportunities for people in need. So one episode this month, in this case, the next one, will be about the monthly theme, and the other monthly episode will either expand on the theme or tackle some other relevant or urgent topic. This way, we hope to bring you content that is focused, well-researched, and tied into our ongoing activities. We'll also be able to be flexible and adaptable to address other questions or issues that may come up in the meantime. Some of our episodes will be more narrative with us telling you stories and giving you an inside look at ADRA Canada's activities and projects. Other episodes will be heavily based on interviews and discussions with interesting people who are involved in our work. So my voice will by no means be the only one you hear on this show. You'll be hearing occasionally from other Adra Canada team members, including people like Frank Spangler, who appears quite a bit in this episode, and other Adra staff who have stories to tell from their time abroad in the field. You'll occasionally hear from our producer, Max. Hey, what's up? I'm Max, and as Teresa just said, I'm the producer for the show. I'll mostly be in the background doing research, writing, editing, and audio work for this podcast, but you'll hear me pop into the mix from time to time whenever it happen to be needed. Cool? Cool. When possible, we will also try to include the voices of our project participants, giving you insight into the actual difference that address supporters and donors make in the lives of real people. At present, the story we told you about Latin America and the Caribbean at the start of this episode is ongoing. And so far, ADRA's two protection points in Colombia have helped 231 people receive social orientation and self-care workshops. An additional 397 people in Honduras have also been helped at ADRA protection points, where they receive nutritional assessments, 
psychological support, referral for specialized services, access to informative internet resources for migrants, and child-friendly spaces to help those traveling with kids. This month, January of 2023, our Protection Points in Mexico will start to provide information and connectivity services to people on their journey. You see, all of these efforts make a difference in helping people safely navigate their precarious journeys. ADRA has the privilege of stepping momentarily into the stories of these migrants and renewing their hope for a better tomorrow. But while this work is ongoing, we simply don't know what the endings of those stories will look like. However, what we do know is that we need the help of our listeners and supporters to help us bring about a good ending. Practically speaking, this means creating awareness of the pressure issues facing our world, spreading the word about ADRA's work to undo the harmful effects of disaster and injustice, and ultimately bringing more people on board as regular donors to support the work we and our partners are doing. This is where you can help us. By spreading the word about ADRA, sharing this podcast to your social media, and telling your friends, family, and other contacts about what you learn through this podcast. Because we want to do so much more than just entertain or educate you. Though we'll certainly do that too. We also want to mobilize you to make each of you who listen to this podcast an indispensable part of resolving the world's problems. We want you to be an amplifier for the voices you hear on this show and a source of energy and vitality for the emergency response and development programs you'll be hearing about. As far as we're concerned, this is a piece of interactive media, and each of you can contribute to writing happy endings to the stories we tell. Venezuela is one of 13 countries included in our ongoing fundraising program, Justice at the Table. While some people can travel as migrants from their home countries to seek better opportunities abroad, not everyone can manage this. And that's why ADRA's work in Venezuela directly addresses hunger, food insecurity, and economic opportunities for families who remain within the country. If we reach our fundraising goal of $2.4 million, our partnerships with the Canadian Food Grains Bank will allow us to multiply that amount to 15 million. This money will bring life-changing assistance to people not only in Venezuela, but also in Mozambique, Kenya, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Moldova, Ukraine, Lebanon, Yemen, Indonesia, Laos, Nepal, Somalia, and Sudan. You can ensure that nutritious meals and helpful food security and agricultural programs come to families all over the world through your support of ADRA Canada. And this, of course, leads us to perhaps the biggest lingering question. Why should you support ADRA? If you're looking to make a positive difference in the world and you want to figure out which organization or agency to do it through, why would you pick ADRA? And the answer to that question is actually fairly simple. It all comes down to the incredible power and efficiency of ADRA's network, connections, and partnerships. 
To explain more, here's Frank, whose voice some of you may recognize from previous iterations of ADRA Insider. Rather than a top-down structure, ADRA is made up of a network of offices in over 100 countries, working with communities to help them lift themselves out of poverty and create a brighter future. This network is comprised of offices that are locally registered and recognized within the country that they serve. Each individual office is directed by and responsible to a locally elected board of directors. And then each office solicits funding and implements projects at their own discretion. The ADRA network offers a unique approach to development and relief work. With boots on the ground all over the world, ADRA is well positioned to respond to natural and man-made disasters as soon as they strike. With the relationships ADRA has developed with communities and local governments, ADRA is often one of the first to gain access to a disaster site. Because they are already registered and licensed to work within the country, the local office can begin immediately after disaster strikes. Other agencies and organizations may take weeks or months to get permission to enter the disaster zones. One of the best recent examples of the strength and efficiency of the ADRA network involves the outbreak of the war in Ukraine. Back in February of 2022, in keeping with our reputation, ADRA was able to respond with stunning quickness to the suddenly emerging needs. Because of ADRA Ukraine's presence on the ground, ADRA offices throughout the network were able to rapidly deploy resources to scale up the response to the needs as they evolved. ADRA Ukraine's presence in the country actually attracted partnerships from other international organizations and governments who wanted to relieve the suffering caused by the conflict in Ukraine, but were not licensed to conduct relief work in the country. You'll hear more about our response in Ukraine in February, as we observe the one-year mark from when the invasion first began. You'll hear stories of evacuation, survival, resilience, and hope Stories drawn from survivors, as well as ADRA volunteers and staff who lived through all kinds of incredible situations. But the ADRA network does much more than respond quickly to emergency situations. Development work is just as much a part of ADRA's mission, and the network is a crucial part of that work as well. The ADRA network empowers transformational community development by facilitating effective partnerships between ADRA offices based in developed and affluent countries and ADRA offices based in developing countries. For example, ADRA Canada, with funding from the Government of Canada, is right now partnering with ADRA Cambodia, ADRA Kenya, ADRA Philippines and ADRA Uganda for a six-year project called TOGETHER. Together is working to ensure that adolescent girls and women in indigenous, remote, or resettlement areas are empowered to enjoy their health-related human rights. 
the project is focusing on gender equality in contexts where gender norms place girls and women at risk. Together is also focusing on nutrition, sanitation, hygiene, as well as better access to quality healthcare and services. When disaster strikes, ADRA is often one of the first responders, saving lives with water, food, shelter, and hygiene supplies. But then it stays on. Long after the news cameras have moved on to the next crisis, ADRA Canada remains to support communities as they begin rebuilding after a catastrophe or conflict. For example, when Super Typhoon Haiyan demolished communities and livelihoods in the Philippines, ADRA remained to help families rebuild their homes and recover or launch new livelihoods. To break cycles of extreme poverty and bring about lasting positive change, it is necessary to commit to long-term integrated programs providing multiple interventions that bring water, sanitation, health, food and nutrition, education and income opportunities. Our development programs are community-based, sustainable and focused on transforming the needs of a community. Now, there's one more fact about ADRA Canada in particular that is often overlooked. While most people know ADRA for our international work in disaster response and development, ADRA actually does similar work through our national programs right here in Canada. The struggles of homelessness, poverty, and hunger are not foreign to Canadian life, and disasters happen here too. Additionally, ADRA Canada recognizes that it operates on the land of the Williams Treaty's First Nations, the Mississaugas and Chippewas of the Anishinaabeg. We recognize the importance of the Indigenous peoples of this land, and we include work for Indigenous communities as part of our national program. The point here is that ADRA Canada is not interested in condescending to other nations by going overseas and acting as self-styled saviors to others. Canada has its own problems at home, and we work to address those issues as well. ADRA staff are often asked, why doesn't ADRA help people who are living in need right in Canada? ADRA Canada supports community-based initiatives such as food banks, community gardens, inner city services, and youth programs by partnering with local Seventh-day Adventist conferences and churches, local leadership, and teams of volunteers. For example, for many years, ADRA has supported a meal program at a First Nations school in Alberta, ensuring that students have the nutrition that they need to succeed in their education. ADRA Canada's disaster response is not limited to the international arena. ADRA Canada also responds to disasters in Canada, from mega disasters such as the fires in Lytton, BC in 2021, or the Fort McMurray fires in 2016. And then we have regional disasters such as the Northern food crisis, as well as people who were going hungry through COVID. 
Through partnerships with local conferences, churches, and volunteers, we reach those in need right in Canada. Our largest coordinated national emergency response was for the COVID-19 pandemic. This response involved collaboration with all seven of the Seventh-day Adventist conferences. The response included food security, essential care kits, as well as psychosocial support. ADRA Canada was registered as a Canadian charity in 1985. But even before that time, the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Canada was already responding to humanitarian needs around the world through the efforts and leadership of Pastor John Howard. His trailblazing energy led to the establishment of ADRA Canada and set the course for the life-saving and life-changing work that ADRA does. For almost four decades, ADRA Canada now has worked with communities in Canada and abroad. So if you're feeling like that was a lot of information to digest, that's okay. In all honesty, that itself is a bit of an inside look at the nature of our work at ADRA. Every day we are faced with an incredible number of stories from all over the world, and it can be a lot to take in. But I think that's what is going to make this podcast valuable. We are going to help sift through the information waterfall and connect you all with the incredible stories of hope, survival, resilience, reconstruction, and restoration that come across our desks day by day. 2023 is our year of justice at ADRA Canada. Our theme is creating a just world. We are excited to share with you all exactly how we are already doing that and how we plan to continue that work forward. There will be one more episode, God willing, within the current month of January, where we will be touching on our first major monthly focal point, ensuring economic opportunity. How exactly does ADRA ensure that the people we help don't end up economically harmed by our interventions? What programs do we have in place to make sure the communities we help can avoid becoming financially dependent on us? We'll discuss those questions and more in our next episode. And don't forget our Justice at the Table campaign, which is still underway. This fundraising effort will be running until March of this year. So please tell your friends and family about it and do consider giving to the cause. There are 13 countries who need assistance desperate in the present hunger crisis, one of the worst the world has seen in a very long time. Check for the link in the show notes or go to adra.ca backslash hunger to find out more about how you or your church can be involved. Together, let's dethrone hunger and set a seat for justice at the table. And as always, our mission at ADRA is to serve humanity, that all may live as God intended. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time.